0: Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Amen. Hey, what, what I would like to do, um, I'd like to pause before we do anything, and I just want to pray. I want to pray for, for really three things. I want to pray for those that have loved in the ultimate way, and have laid down their lives for the things that we so often even take for granted today. I want to pray for those who have just lost someone they love, and today, this weekend of all weekends may be mourning. How many know with remembrance there's power, but it can also bring powerful emotion? And so I just want to pray that the Lord would touch us in our emotions, and I really want to lift up the heart and the soul of our nation because we are grieving. Uh, as a nation, so many tragedies over the last 30 to 50 days in our nation, and I just want to pray that the Lord would do what only he can do, which is touch our hearts powerfully and bring peace to those who have lost in unimaginable ways, and really that he would meet each one of us. How many know he is our comforter? He is our comforter, and he is the restorer of broken hearts, and so would you join me in prayer, and let's lift up all three of those groups. Father, we, we love you. And, Lord, we come to you in the name that is high above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, that is the name that you have given that every knee should bow. But more than that, every heart should bow. And you are the Lord of our hearts. And Lord, we pray right now for the hearts of those who have lost, who have laid down their lives in an ultimate sacrifice to purchase the freedom that we all enjoy. Lord, we remember those. We realize that freedom, and the road to it, was paved in the blood of many, and Lord, we don't take that for granted. And we remember your words, Jesus, that you said greater love, there really isn't any greater love than this, than he who is willing to lay his life down for his friends. So we honor those that have loved in an ultimate way and sacrificed even their own lives for us. We remember you, Lord. We remember the blood you shed, your body that was broken. And, Lord, it is by the authority of the power of Jesus that we lift our nation up to you. The great tragedies erupting around the nation. And we realize, Lord, that underneath all of that is the sickness of sin. It is the sickness of sin that has poisoned the hearts of men and women. And we know that the solution is you, Jesus. It is you, and so we pray, Lord, that you would do what only you can do, that you would powerfully move in our nation, that you would touch the soul, the spirit of our nation once again, that, Lord, your gospel and your name would be exalted over our nation, and that all would hear about you, would surrender their lives, their hearts to you, that you would bring transformation in a way that would heal the soul of our nation The blood of Jesus is the antidote for the sickness of sin and corruption. And Lord, we exalt you. You said if you would be lifted up, you would draw all men to yourself. And so Lord, we lift you up in intercession over our nation. And we pray, Lord, that you would move powerfully across America. May the name of Jesus be exalted and may the soul of America be healed, Lord. And may, may the darkness, this wave of darkness we've seen, may it recede back into the pit of hell where it came from. Bring healing and wholeness to the many families that are dealing with grief and the touch of evil upon their lives. Lord, make beauty from ashes. Be their comforter grace. God we plead to heaven today as a church where one hurts we all hurt and so we intercede on their behalf Lord we touch heaven on their behalf and we pray a mighty touch of heaven over their lives and we pray it Lord in the name that we cling to the name that's high above all that we deal with Jesus amen amen and amen Um, I, I want to, uh, why don't you turn in your Bibles with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, I, um, you know, we, we plan these out, um, I have a team of people made up of our location pastors, and we plan our, our topics out in advance, and um, sometimes I'm surprised though how well the Holy Spirit orchestrates um, the topics that we would dive into, I think, uh, as we talk about this, I realize we're going to do it in light of everyday life, but, um, but I, I think also as we deal with turmoil and we deal with things, um, it's amazing how relevant I guess this is to what we're going through right now. How many know that the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we need when we need it? And so we have been in a series called Winning Where It Matters, Winning Where It Matters, and uh, today is our last Sunday in Winning Where It Matters, and I want to tackle a very powerful topic and uh, I would call it this, I would call it winning in your emotions. Winning in your emotions. Look at your neighbor real quick and say, we got to get out of our feelings. Look at your other neighbor say, we got to get out of our feelings. If you've got, you got a significant other, lean over and say, I want to get into our feelings. Come on, somebody. I mean, emotion isn't always a bad thing, can I get an amen? I want to look at a passage, and I, I want to be true uh, to this passage, obviously, the Apostle Paul, the context of Ephesians chapter 4, specifically verses 14 and 15, does address the topic of theology, and the Apostle Paul is addressing Uh, maturity and he's addressing the church through the lens of theology what we believe about scripture and about God but also I, I just believe the apostle Paul like a father to the church he's addressing things to the church that can cause the people of God to be blown around how many know the church is not called to be blown around The church is called to be established. The church is called to be built upon the rock that is Jesus Christ, unshakable, immovable, not able to be blown down. You know, I'm, I'm asked a lot, what do you think about the church? Are you worried about the future of the church? And my answer is no. I'm not worried about the church because Jesus said he would build it, and what Jesus builds is not blown around by culture or by earthly tragedy. It is strong if it's built upon him. And so I want to talk about an important area of our lives today, how to win there and how to not be a person, specifically a believer that is blown around by life. There is nothing more apt to blow us around than our emotions, especially in the days that we're living in. So Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to jump right in, verse 14 and 15. Um, My wife today, Pastor Amanda, she's preaching at our Caldwell campus, and so I don't have my anchor on the front row, so anything is possible today. (laughs) Just throwing that out there. If it gets crazy, don't tell her, okay? Tell her I did. Tell her I was on my best behavior. All right. You guys ready? Online family, you ready? All right, let's read together Ephesians chapter 4 verse 14 and 15 says this, then we will no longer be immature like children. Everybody say immature. Immature. And we won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. My God, that's a word for today. Thinking about doing a series called Social Media Spirituality. We will not be blown around by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way, in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church." More and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Would you pray with me? And we're going to jump right in to the text. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you, Lord Jesus, that your word is true, that it is powerful, and I thank you, God, that you're here to bring it alive to our hearts. And so, I pray for every heart. I pray that every heart would come alive to receive the word of God in a way that would make our lives bigger and better and more like Jesus, and we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Um, Again, I want to talk to you today about emotion. Nothing impacts our lives more than our emotion. Now, before I get in here, because the last thing I want to do is make emotion seem like a bad thing. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. I just want you to catch it as kind of a a precursor to my actual thoughts. But I want you to know that emotion is a gift from God. Emotion is a gift from God. It is part of our makeup. It is part of the way we're wired. It's part of the way that Christ fashioned us. Can you imagine living in a world with no emotions? Now, you might not have fear and worry and hurt and embarrassment. Some of you think, well, that sounds like a perfect world, right? But if you think about it, then we'd have no happiness. We'd have no laughter. We'd have no smiles. We'd be robotic. We'd we'd walk around with nothing going on outside of a calm exterior. See, if you think about it, that wouldn't be a good world at all. So God made us to have emotions, and unfortunately, because of sin, everything God created to be good was also tainted with an opposite side. We not only have feel-good emotions, but we have bad emotions too. And so I think it's important for us to recognize what do we do with emotions. We recognize that having emotion in and of itself is not a bad thing. Now, I found that in most relationships, there's usually one or the other that is more emotional than the other, right? And so the emotional one is saying, amen. But the reality is, is we all have emotion. I've actually found that sometimes even the least outwardly expressive person sometimes feels the most deeply on the inside. It's not that emotion is a bad thing, it's what we do with them. See when the gifts that God gives us function within their proper boundaries, they bring life to us. Emotion can be a very good thing, and when they function outside of their boundaries and they run crazy, they can bring the opposite effect into our lives. As a matter of fact, I love, I don't often use the message paraphrase, but I love how the message paraphrase brings Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30 to light. It says this, it says that a sound mind makes for a robust body, but runaway emotions corrode the bones. Runaway emotions corrode the bones. This cannot be neglected. Here, here's what I really want you to catch as we set up today. Here's what I want you to catch. Spiritual maturity doesn't come without emotional maturity. Amen. We cannot be spiritually mature until we have learned to be emotionally sound. We need God to meet us in our emotions. We need the Holy Spirit to work in our emotions. As a matter of fact, it's important for us to realize that we're not created in the image of animals. Contrary to popular belief today, we are created in the image of Almighty God. And our God is not a one-dimensional being. He is a tri-dimensional being. He is triune. And whether you realize it or not, you are made in his image. You are made up of three distinct parts that make up our experience in our lives. As a matter of fact, we've got a chart that I wanted to show you this. You are a being made up of three parts, a body, a spirit, and a soul. I think it's also important for us to realize we are not primarily our natural body. I think it was C.S. Lewis that said this, you are not a body that has a spirit, you are a spirit that has a body. How many know this body will not live forever? Everybody over 50 shout amen. Okay, this is the reality. Some of us even in our 30s getting up like, you know, bless God. So here's the reality. We are one being, but we are made up in three parts, just like our Heavenly Father. We have a natural body. We have a spirit. We are a spirit, really. But we also have a soul, and I want to focus on the soul because the soul is made up of three distinct parts. It is our mind, it is our will, and it is our emotions. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions, your mind, will, and emotions. Now, all of these three areas are tied together in us so that if one of them is out of sync, it throws us out of balance. You cannot, be, you cannot be super unhealthy in your body and be perfectly sound in your spirit. You cannot be way out of control in your emotions, but also be perfectly healthy in your body. How many know that out of control emotions will impact your body? Right? We can get high blood pressure. We can get, you know, cravings to eat or stress or all kinds of things can affect the body when our emotions are out of control. It is the invisible things that impact what is visible. And I've observed that many people's lives are out of sync, oftentimes because they are overrun in the area of their soul, their mind, will, and their emotion. It's critical. Um for our life that we develop a emotional maturity. And I want to talk to you about some traits that I've seen in people that win in their emotions, traits of people who win in their emotions. I've got five of these today, so I'm going to go a little faster than normal. But I want you to write these down if you're taking notes, and I hope you are. Number one is this, traits of people that win in their emotion. Number one, they lead their emotions, not the other way around. They lead their emotion, not the other way around. See, emotion, emotion can change like the wind. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but your emotions can go from doing real well to doing real bad real fast. The gap between good emotion and painful emotion can be very, very short. (laughs) Everybody has met somebody or knows somebody or is married to somebody, come on. That seems to be driven by their emotions. This can lead us to become unstable, unreliable. Can cause us to be up, down, and all around all the time. God has designed that feelings and emotion. Here's what I want you to get. God has designed us in a way that our feelings and our emotions would follow our actions, not the other way around. Let me say it this way. The right choices bring about the right emotions. Now let me tie this into your spirituality. Here's why it's important. You don't have to feel something to do something. This is the lie that we've bought into in this generation largely is that if I don't feel it, then then I shouldn't do it. It has to, I have to feel everything. We're stuck in our feelings. If I feel crazy, I am crazy. (laughs) If I feel like something, I must be that something. If I feel it, I must be it. If I don't feel it, then I guess I'm not it. I have to feel. Everything is feelings driven. We're blown about by the way we feel. The problem is, The problem is, is feelings come second, not first. So a lot of us will never feel the way we want to feel if we don't first live the way God's called us to live. We want to feel it and then do it when God's called us to do it and then see the fruit and the result of the actions. Right actions breed right environments in our life. Let me give you some practical example. Many people don't forgive because they don't feel like forgiving. Many people don't heal because they don't feel like they want to heal. They don't love because we don't feel like loving other people. And because we don't feel like it, we don't do it. Because we don't feel like it, we don't give to those around us, we don't give to the people in our lives, we don't love the Lord our God or the people in our lives the way that we should because we don't feel like it. And the more we, the more we do what we feel, the farther and farther we get from a healthy lifestyle. It's a vicious trap that can carry us so far. It can carry us so far away. See, if you lead with an action, the feelings will follow. Matter of fact, there's whole bodies of research, whole bodies of research done on how we can actually lead our emotion. I don't have time to get into all of it. Y'all got Google too, okay? You can jump in and research, but they've actually done all kinds of research. There's a whole body of research done about how you can turn your mood upside down just by making yourself smile, Well, I don't smile. Why do you have a bitter beer face? (laughs) Well, because you don't know what's going on in my life. Well, turn that frown upside down, baby. Lead your emotions into a better place. They've actually found that your emotional well-being can shift just by activating the muscles in your face used to smile. It is right actions that breed the right feelings. Let me give you a great example. Very, not very often will we feel like forgiving those that have wronged us. But friends, freedom is on the other side of forgiveness. Healing is on the other side of forgiveness. The Bible commands us to confess our wrongdoings one to another. Whoever wants to do that... That doesn't feel good. And yet freedom is on the other side of our transparency. When we can just admit that we are human and we are living a human experience and we are broken just like everyone else is broken. And we've made mistakes like everyone else has made mistakes. Freedom is on the other side of that experience. We don't feel feel like it, but when we do what God has commanded us to do, there is healing, there is peace, and there is freedom on the other side of right actions. When we love our spouse with our actions, it's amazing how the feelings follow. One of the things I do in marriage counseling is I'll ask them, what are you doing today? Because love is not a feeling. Love is an action. So, how are you loving your spouse? Don't be surprised when the feelings aren't there, when the actions have been gone for years. It's the other way around. It's the actions that go first. We lead our life, it is our actions that breed health in our emotions. Trust and peace will invade your life. Forgive and freedom will come. For many people, the feelings they can't seem to find are on the other side of the actions they've decided not to take. And God is calling us to lead our emotions, not be led by our emotions. This is why he's given us his word, instruction on how we are to live see we've relegated christianity mainly to what we believe well i believe in jesus i believe he died for me and listen that's part of it but if you were to back up even 500 years that understanding of the gospel is very shallow christianity is not defined by what we just believe in our heads it's the way we live out that belief with our lives the bible teaches us that faith without works is what it's dead faith it's not alive so I, we could say this. Christianity is as much about how we outwork our faith as it is the things we believe. So we've got to outwork. doesn't matter how we feel. I don't always feel. I don't always feel like doing what God wants me. I don't always feel like preaching. <gasps> I don't... But it's not about how I feel. It's about what God's called me to do. It's not about how I feel. It's about who God's placed in my life. It's not about how you feel. It's about what God's called you to, where God's placed you, what God wants to do through you. And if we're led by our emotions, very rarely will our emotions lead us into a place of calling, lead us into a place of destiny or obedience to God. So we've got to be driven by our convictions, by God's Word. God has given you the ability to go where he's called you and designed you, and your emotions will follow. We live by faith, not by emotions. Can I get an amen? Amen. Number two, I want you to write this down. People I've seen win in their emotions, they do not ride the emotional roller coaster. They do not ride the emotional roller coaster. Many people I meet have the course of their life set by their emotions. I've been guilty of this at times. Any honest people in the house of God this morning? All right, the online campus knows what I'm talking about. Listen, when these are people that when their emotions are good, their life is good. When their emotions are good, their relationships are good. When their emotions are good, their life is stable. When their emotions are good, they serve Jesus. When their emotions are good, they love their spouse. When their emotions are good, they're a good friend. And then these same people, when their emotions are down, their life is a disaster. When their emotions are down, they don't serve God. When their emotions are down, they don't love their spouse. When their emotions are down, they, they don't love their environment. They don't love their family. They are driven about by the way they feel. Listen, we need the Lord to produce in us the, the fruit of self-control, We are not to be driven by the way we feel. You either control your emotions or your emotions will control your life. Now, I know that there are very real problems. Emotions can be broken. They can be damaged. But listen, the fruit of the Spirit can grow in our life to give us control over our emotions so that these things do not derail our lives. What you feel is not always the reality of your situation. How many have ever been lied to by your emotion? Yes. We've all been lied to. We've all thought in the moment, it's over. It's over. I'm done. It's over. My spouse is going to leave this one. It's, it's over. I'm going to lose my job. It's over. We're going under. Anybody else live through 2020? Anybody else wonder? Well, this is it. You better buy some rations and stock up on rice. This is, this is the one. Way, I was way down. Well, this is it. Better get used to preaching to a camera, you know. <laughs> Eight weeks later, I'm like, okay, wasn't as bad as I thought. You know. <laughs> all right, we're going to make it. You know. It's, it's emotions. It's emotions we've all been lied to by our emotions. We've all, come on, we've all woke up and just thought, I hate today already. (laughs) Anybody else ever felt that way? Your eyes pop open and you're like, well, today's gonna suck, you know? Can we just be real? Now, does that mean because you felt it, it was destiny? Absolutely not. Does that mean because you felt that way, that's God's will for your day? Absolutely not. But if we allow ourselves to be led by our emotions, our emotions can become a self-fulfilling prophecy over our day, over our years, and over our life. The people I have met that struggle the most seem to have an attitude, a mindset that life is terrible. It's never going to get better. I feel this way, so I must be this way. And what I want to call us into is a higher way of living where we are not driven by how we feel. We are driven by the promises of the Word of God. We are driven by the Spirit of God. Greater He who is in us than He who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than your emotions. Your emotions do not have to be a self-fulfilling prophecy for your life. It might feel over. It might feel hopeless. But that doesn't mean that it is. It doesn't mean that it is. With every emotion comes the ability to choose whether you are going to go where that emotion wants to take you or not. Your emotions want to lead you somewhere, but we have got to take control of what we feel and make them subject to what we know, and that is our God is greater, that we've got a hope and a future, that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world, that this mountain will not be my end, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You've got to make your emotions subject to the reality of who God has called you to be and what God has called you to do. My son, he's six, and he is by far my most emotional child. Um, But he has three levels, three levels, and every day, every day, I say, how was your day, Jabin? And it's either the best day he's ever had in his entire life. That's literally what he says, best day ever. And most of his days are the best day ever. Okay? Or he has worst day ever. It's the worst day ever. And he's got quite a few worst days ever. Some days he has a best day ever and a worst day ever in the same hour. <laughs> I'm not sure how that works. But here's what I found. If anything even remotely negative happens that impacts his emotion, here's what he does. He goes from best day ever to medium. That's what he says. How's your day, Jabin? Medium. And I'll go, well, why was it medium, Jabin? He'll go, well, some kid pushed me. So what he's saying is, someone made me feel, and so that means my day is. Now listen, when you're six, that's okay. But when you're 60, that's a rough way to live your life. It should take a little more It should take a little more than someone bumping into you in the foyer to make you have a medium day. Come on, somebody. That's called my emotions are leading me, not I'm leading my emotions. I'm riding the roller coaster of the way that I feel. Best day ever. Worst day ever. Medium. And we just allow our emotions to lead us wherever they want us to go. Here's something I want you to catch. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to ride it. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to ride it. Number three, I want you to write this down. People that win in their emotions, they overcome what tries to overcome them. They overcome what tries to overcome them. John 16, Jesus said, I told you, I told you all this so that in me you'd have peace. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. Need you to catch this. A trial is an outward struggle a sorrow is an inward battle jesus didn't just say you'd have many battles no you'd have many trials things you're dealing with in the natural many sorrows things you're dealing with in your soul how many have ever experienced sorrows how many know our nation is experiencing sorrows today we're experiencing sorrows this is a weekend where we can experience sorrows aren't you glad that jesus spoke not only to the things we would deal with in the natural, but things we would deal with in our soul. He said this, but take heart, for I've overcome the world. But take heart. See, we are not to anchor ourselves to anything in this world. We are to anchor ourselves to the victory of Jesus. He said, take heart, I've overcome. I have overcome this world. He is our overcoming God. And like Pastor Brandon so eloquently shared earlier, we are in him and he is in us. We are in the victorious one who has overcome this world. Have you ever had a feeling, an emotion, tried to overcome you? These are common, and they're real. And they're things we should take seriously and give credibility to. Faith does not deny the existence of challenges. It just denies it ultimate authority in our life. Maybe it was triggered by circumstances, something devastating, something unseen, something harmful to you, could be something that was said, something that was done, something you were pulled into. It could be spiritual attack upon your life. And Jesus gives us a short yet profound description to those feeling overcome by life. He said this, he said, take heart. I love that he didn't say, try to grab a hold of heart. He didn't say, if you're able to, if you're able to, no, he just said, take it, take heart. The indication here is that it's within our control, that victory is within our grasp, that the promises of God are within our reach. As a christian you are not left to your own devices we have a god that is accessible we have a high priest that is sympathetic to all we have gone through we have a god that is with us and will never forsake us he's not outside your reach and so no situation is outside his control you can take heart see Who you are and how you live doesn't have to be rooted in what you feel. You can take heart. You can rise up in strength and victory. You can grab a hold of the overcoming Jesus. You can take heart. You can grab a hold of the promises of God. You can come into the presence of Almighty God. You can take heart when things try to overcome you. This is a courage statement Jesus is giving them. He said, no, 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 you're gonna experience trials on the outside. You're gonna experience sorrow on the inside, but take heart, grab a hold of courage, friends, for I've overcome the world. This is what Jesus called us to, courage, that it would rise up inside of us. See, our lives were never meant to be rooted in our emotion, but to live in the victory that Jesus Christ purchased for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. Our God is alive, and we've been given the Holy Spirit. We have great power living inside of us. You can take heart Because the spirit of the living God has been given to you. I felt like the Lord would have me really deliver a message to people that are imprisoned by their emotions. And it's simply this, you have the power to overcome what is overcoming you. You have the power to overcome what is overcoming you. I can't promise you it'll happen in a moment, but I promise you it will happen. We serve the God of victory, and we are never without hope because God is on the throne. We are never without hope. One of the most powerful ways to overcome emotion is to name it. I want to encourage you, some of you are losing a battle because you refuse to identify the enemy you're fighting. We are not called to repress our emotions. We're actually, we're actually called to deal with them, acknowledge them. Some of you, the battle you're fighting, it could be anger, it could be hatred, it could be depression, it could be anxiety. You cannot win a battle that you refuse to acknowledge. An enemy you will not acknowledge, you will lose to. So acknowledge it. One of the healthiest things you can do is to say, I feel that. I feel that anxiety. I feel that pain. I feel that betrayal. Give yourself permission. Let me say it this way. There is grace enough for you to experience the sorrows of this life. Faith is not denying the pain that you feel. It is denying it ultimate authority in your life. So name it. Acknowledge it. Identify it. Go see a counselor to help you process it if you need to. But do not give it ultimate authority in your life. We are called to overcome because we serve an overcoming God. I could make a strong biblical case that Jesus himself had a panic attack in the Garden of Gethsemane. And yet he did not allow what tried to overcome him, overcome his destiny. He acknowledged it. He internalized it. He dealt with the physical repercussions of it. And then he got up and lived out the call of heaven upon his life. What you feel is not your end. What you feel is not your destiny. What has come against you does not have to be what ends you. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. God loves you. Take heart for he's overcome the world. He's overcome. Number four, and I got to hurry. Number four, write this down. They do not always vent everything they feel. Here's a big one. Here's a big one. They do not vent everything they feel. Proverbs 29, 11, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. Quietly. One of the fastest ways to do damage is to vent everything you feel. Have you ever met somebody like that that just tells you everything that's going on inside of them all the time? There's just they, everything they feel. Now listen, there's a space for that with people that you trust, like get it out, get it out, right? But the reality is if you just walk around living your whole life that way, that's wild, right? That's wild. Here's what I would encourage you to do. We have to think, it's an acronym. Before we say or do something, here's what I'd like you to think through. Think about this, think of the acronym THINK. Is it true? is it helpful is it inspirational is it necessary is it kind is it true is it helpful is it inspirational is it necessary is it kind see there is power and pausing to evaluate whether this should come out of our mouth or not and we run into issues when the gap between how we feel and how we act is too short so we can create a disruptor simply by doing this we can create a disruptor simply by saying Should I say this? Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspirational? Is it necessary? Is it kind? They do not always vent everything they feel. Number five, here's my final thought, and I'm going to give this to you. Number five, people that win in their emotions, they surrender all of themselves to Jesus. They surrender all of themselves to Jesus. Now listen, following Jesus is a lifelong journey. None of us have arrived yet. Amen? There's only one Jesus and he's not you. Only one perfect person. That means we're all in the imperfect category. That means we're a work in progress. We're a whip, come on. We're a work in progress. Here's the reality though, the life of the follower of Jesus is us surrendering an area only to surrender another area only to surrender another area, only to surrender another area. How many know if Jesus asked us, we sing these songs, I surrender all, I surrender all. Come on, all to you, my precious Savior. But how many know we don't all surrender all? We sing it, but we lie. (laughs) We lie in worship. It's more of a faith statement. I surrender most I surrender most most to you my precious savior I surrender most for honest But here's what Jesus will call us to more surrender and every area you surrender to King Jesus you'll experience healing hope and victory in See, many of us surrender our our physical bodies to Jesus and begin to live in righteousness. I love that. I love that Jesus, when he confronted the woman caught in the act of adultery, there was grace and truth. We've been so heavy on grace, we've forgotten there's actually truth. Jesus didn't say, I don't condemn you. Get up and go prostitute. He said, "I, I don't condemn you. Neither can any of they. Because they're as guilty as you. Get up, and he invited her into a life of freedom. Get up and sin no more. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to live the life of sin and brokenness. I love that Jesus calls us physically into righteous living. See, a lot of us, we've surrendered our spirit. You've received eternal life and salvation. You've surrendered your spirit. Your body died today. You'd be in heaven with Jesus. Come on. That's the blessed hope of the believer. I get to go be with the Lord. Whatever happens to this broken body, I'll get an upgrade one day anyway. Let me ask you this. Have you surrendered your soul to Jesus, your mind, your will, your emotions? So many of us are quick to surrender the outside, but the inside stuff can be so hard so listen, here's all I, I'm going to ask you to do today. I just want you to process, is there an area that you need to surrender to Jesus? Do you need to surrender your soul, your thinking, your will, your emotions? Because see, God's working inside of you in how you think and how you feel. And it's so important that we say, Jesus, you don't just get to be Lord over how I act. You don't just get to be Lord over where I go one day. You get to be Lord over how I think. And I want you to be Lord over how I feel. Because if you don't make Jesus Lord over your feelings, then your your feelings will be your Lord. And you'll be led by how you feel instead of led by the Lordship of Jesus. And so I want to invite you into this today. And I'm just going to give one altar call, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do what He wants to do. But I realize there are people that need to surrender. Maybe it's your mind, will, and emotions. Maybe your emotions are out of control, and you need to just surrender them to Jesus and begin a process of working that out. Maybe it's how you live. Maybe you need to surrender your your outward, your body, the temple of the Holy Spirit. You need to surrender the way you're living to Jesus. Maybe you've never believed upon Christ. Maybe your spirit is actually not alive. Because it has not found the one it was created to be with. I want to invite you, if you'll just surrender to Jesus today, if you'll come to him with a heart to surrender all, he will be Lord of your life. He will come and live with you and make all things new. The Bible is so transformational, the Bible said it's like being born again. It's like being born again. So I want to invite you into this today, family, to surrender to Jesus, to make him Lord, whatever area it is. Why don't you go ahead and stand up to your feet. And I just want to pray for you today. I believe there's a grace for lordship in this house. I believe what you surrender to Jesus, there's going to be an outworking, even a miracle that happens. Oh, I could tell you stories. I could tell you stories about things that took me five years to work out with counseling. And I could tell you stories that the Lord invaded my scenario in a moment and shifted and brought healing into my heart. And here's my prayer that God would pour out His grace like oil over us today. And anything we surrender to Him, He would come and be Lord and invade that space and bring healing and life to those areas. So I'm going to count to three, and on the count of three, I don't care if it's your first time ever making Jesus Lord or if you just say, Pastor, I need Him to be Lord of my soul. I want to invite you into that. I want you to stretch your faith out and respond. Ready? One, two, three. Just raise your hands all across the room. Come on, don't be ashamed of Him. Shame to respond to what he's doing in your heart. There's power in stretching your faith out. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, prayer team, you can come forward as well. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I just, every person stretching their faith to you today, I pray that you'd meet them. Be Lord, do miracles, bring healing be the comforter, be the healer, be the strength of their life and their portion forever. May they meet you and encounter you in a personal and powerful way in this moment. And may Jesus, you be exalted over every area of our life. We know where you are, Lord. There is freedom, there is miracles, there is healing, there is life. So come be Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.